All right, well, good morning once again. Some of you probably already got a sneak peek if you're paying attention to my lesson. There was a topic on the board there that had to do with Satan's rule, authority, and power. And we had a, we was having a conversation last week because we couldn't remember if we already covered that topic. And uh, I kind of think we may have in the past. But uh, I don't think uh, that we've talked about what I'm going to present today. So uh, hopefully it won't be too much repetition. And anyways, regardless, repetition is always a good thing uh, for us. I want to talk today about Satan's rule and authority, and I think the question was, was, you know, what authority or power does he have in our life, or, you know, maybe, you know, what power does he have over this world, and you see this picture on uh, the screen here, I think a a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about Satan, a lot of people think that he looks kind of like this person on the, the board here. There was a movie that came out several years ago, and there was a guy that he sold his soul to the devil. And the people were amazed why he would do that. And they were like, well, what does he look like? And, of course, one of the guys who thought he was smarter than everybody else said, well, it looks like him. He's red. He's got a pitchfork. He's got horns. And the guy's like, no, no, he doesn't look. He looks just like you. And, um... Again, I don't. That's just a movie. We don't really know exactly what he looks like, but I, I use that to say I think we have a lot of misconception in our society today. You know, we hear people that say, you know, if they're doing something bad, they're just like, "Well, that's my demons," or "The devil made me do it," or or something like that. I think some comedian that was his line: "The devil made me do it," and uh, it's a misconception that, but he just. You know, maybe just has a little bit more power and control over our lives than he really does. All right? And so, I was kind of looking at some of these topics over the course of the week, and everything that I was looking at and what people always have to say, it seemed like people would always reference this verse, and it seems like this is kind of the crux of uh, people's uh, questions about Satan's a rule over the world, does he really rule over the world, so on and so forth. Matthew 4 and verses 8 and 9, remember this is uh, Jesus being tempted by Satan. He says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Notice he said, I'm going to give, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you all of this if you fall down and worship me. Which brings us to the question is, does Satan have rule over the world? Does he really rule over the world? Does, could he have just been like, okay, you're now emperor of the world or whatever it may be. You now have control over this world. Or was it just, he was just lying. He's a father of lies. Maybe he's just saying this to get something started in Jesus' mind, to maybe influence him to worship him. And you look at that, we're going to talk about this uh, later on in the lesson, but I think the answer to this is it depends on your point of view whether or not he has rule over the world. And we're going to talk about that, so everybody don't, don't lose your mind just yet. Uh, it depends on, you know, really, again, a point of the view uh, what we're looking at, uh, and we'll see that, you know, in, in some sense, he does have rule over the world. And, um, I, you know, 
I, I was thinking about this, and I couldn't uh, pass up the fact of referencing Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is Star Wars Episode Five. If you recall, he told Luke Skywalker that his father was dead. And if you know anything about Star Wars, Luke Skywalker's father was actually Darth Vader. And Luke got frustrated about that, asking Obi-Wan why he lied to him. And Obi-Wan was basically, well, it was true to a certain point of view, all right? Because now his father, which was Anakin Skywalker, is now Darth Vader. And in a sense, that his, his, whole, his old life or his old persona is no longer there, all right? And so in a certain context, what he did say was true. And I think what we'll see here in the lesson that in a certain context, what Satan said was kind of true, but it was kind of a half-truth, similar to what we see what he told to Adam and Eve uh, in the garden. So, who's the real ruler of the world? Is it God or is it Satan? All right. Satan is kind of already implied in Matthew chapter 4 that it's him. All right, and so is that really the case? Ephesians two and verses one through uh, three. We've already we just looked at this verse. It says, "And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind." And were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Notice, once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And we would ascribe that that is Paul talking about Satan. He's described as the prince of the power of the air. Um, this is kind of how that word for prince is used throughout the Bible. That's kind of small, but it's a ruler, an authority right some type of leader we know what a prince is maybe not has quite on the high on the list as the king or queen but if you were a subject and the prince told you to do something you didn't back talk a whole lot all right he does have some authority over his subjects the power uh, this is not to prince of the power of the air this is not, in a sense, like we talked about the power of the gospel. I believe the Greek word is dynamis, dynamo, maybe. This is a little bit different. This has more to do with authority rather than just explosive power. Again, so there's some, this power of the air, there's some realm that he has power over, authority over him. And I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say I know all the ins and outs of that because I don't think we do. I was reading that apparently during that time, during Paul's day, that the Jews thought Satan Rams was the heir. Okay, don't know if that's true. We do know that there's things going on that we don't see. Uh, but this is, you know, maybe Paul was referencing that and describing Satan uh, in that way. And what we do see is that he, the implication here is that he does have some authority and power um, out and about in the world to, to some degree. And we see that, that the world, you know, walked or, you know, those walked in the course of the world that was under this power here. And so the whole world or most of the world is under the sway of the devil. 
We see that the devil works in the sons of disobedience, as Paul calls it. All right, and then in that passage, we see where the sons of disobedience were compared to are, so the believers, former selves. This is who you were. You walked in the same course of this world. You lived in sins. You were living according to the lust desires of the flesh, your desires of the mind. You were children of wrath, right? And so this is who you were because, why, ultimately you were following the prince of the power there. You were following Satan here. In John 12 and verse 31, and the next couple of verses, we see where Satan is described as the ruler of the world. John 12, verse 31 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world would be cast out. All right, so the ruler of this world, obviously here it is Satan. He's being cast out. He's being judged. We looked at Luke uh, a couple of weeks ago in the description of Satan falling from heaven. All right, and so he was implicationary he has some power he's being cast out here at this time he's described as the rule of the world but he was being cast out here john 14 and verse 30 says i will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me again the ruler of the world contrasted with jesus he has nothing in me and in john 16 verse 11 of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. All right, so here's just three verses in which Satan, again, he's called the ruler of the world, again, the prince of the power of the air. So there's some power that he does have, an influence that he does have over uh, the world. But I want to contrast that. We see uh, Jesus described as Satan as the ruler of the world, but I want to contrast that with how the Lord is described. And the power that the Lord has. In Psalms 135 and verse 6, it says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. All right? The Lord, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. Can we ascribe that to Satan? Can Satan do whatever he pleases? No. And I think the Bible lays that out pretty clearly. All right, there, he, he does not have the power to this degree. The Lord created these things. He can do whatever he wants to do. Now, of course, there are certain things that he won't do, like lie, and he won't sin, but he has power over all the creation. All right, he can do whatever he wants in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. Psalm 22 and verse 28 says, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All right, so this is in direct contrast with Satan. Satan is described again as the ruler of this world, but yet we have here the Lord rules over the nations. The kingdom is the Lord's. All right, so you ought to start putting your thinking cap on and say, okay, what is the difference between the two? All right, why is he described as the ruler of the nations or the ruler of the world? and Satan being described as the ruler of the world. What is the difference between the two? All right? And in Acts chapter 17, in verse 26, it says, And he has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on all the face of the earth, 
that has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. I was looking at this last night, and I found this, caught this verse. I was like, this is, there's a lot in this verse that I don't think a lot of times we just don't give the, the, the proper uh, time and looking at that he's created man, all right? He's made from one blood every nation of man and dwell on the face of the earth. And it says that he's determined their pre-appointed times, the boundaries of the dwellings. He's intimately involved in the affairs of men. We see, uh, for example, like the, the, the prophecies of Daniel and those different kingdoms that were coming along throughout time. And those kingdoms did come, all right? And how, and we, we look at how, you know, uh, Alexander, how his influence helped, you know, build a road system and the Romans build a road system that helps to spread the gospel throughout uh, the world and how all that stuff is, is tied together uh, through God's providence, and that, again, he's, he's had a part in all of this. Uh, he's, again, he, he, he knows what's happening in, in the world. Uh, he's, you know, he's played a part in, you know, those empires and kingdoms uh, throughout time. Remember when we see empire, uh, God says that he's using empires and kingdoms to judge Israel or to wipe out certain people, all right, again, uh, he plays a part in all of this, and he's determined, again, those pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Hebrews 1 and verses 1 and 2 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. All right? Notice that very last phrase. Through whom also he made the world. We know God created the heavens and the earth. But what we do read here is that it was through Jesus he made the worlds. All right? So Jesus here is directly playing a part in this creation. And in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, this is Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. We know these verses, all right? And, and a lot of times we talk about this in regards to him being the head of the church. But, again, he's the image of the invisible God. By him all things were created that are in heaven and are that on earth. This is repeated in Hebrews chapter 1, which we just read. All right, so again, he created these things, all right? All things were created by him, whether visible or invisible, all right? And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So going back to our lesson, think about contrasting Jesus versus Satan. And you can pretty well see that Jesus is above Satan. He has more power. He has more authority uh, than Satan. We see Jesus, God, uh, created all things, 
and all things were made through him, and in all and in him all things consist. We just read that in Colossians one, all right. And so, can Satan then legitimately rule the earth? Can he actually rule the earth? And I mean, like as a king, just I'm in charge here. We can pretty well see that that, that can't be the case, all right, because. Jesus is already above all those things, all right? He's created all those things. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. He's the head of of all things which he's created, all right? And so I think we can pretty well see that Satan can cannot legitimately rule the earth in the sense of, again, a king just, I'm in charge, I'm making the rules, whatever I want to be done, that's what's what's happening, all right? But what Satan can rule is people's minds and hearts. And I think this is the key here, all right? He's not forcing me to do something like, you know, the president may may do, but he can get in my mind, he can get in my heart and influence my thoughts. In John 8 and verses 54 through 56, remember this is whole discussion, you know, the Jews saying, you know, Abraham's our father, we serve God, so on and so forth. Jesus answered, he says, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it, and it and it was glad. You could just you know, we look at this, and I don't think we. I mean, you could could you imagine being a Jew, being there, and Jesus saying these things? I mean, he. I mean, he's 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 lowering the boom on these people. I mean, he's he's calling them out. He's saying you're a liar. All right, y'all are lying. You don't know God. All right, you are here saying you're serving God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet, what is the real condition here? You don't know Him, all right? But I know Him. You are a liar. I shall be a liar like you if I said I don't know Him. And He says, "Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad." All right. So God, which would be their father. He also references their father Abraham as well. And he's saying, y'all, y'all are not accepting me, but Abraham, which is your father, rejoice to see my day. All right. So you're not acting like your father Abraham. You don't have the same mindset as your father Abraham. In John 8, same chapter, verse 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and desires of your father you want to do, all right? So the Jews are saying, well, our father is Abraham. We serve God. Jesus says, you're of the father, a father, the devil. Desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Your father, the devil. Was he actually their father? Not really. All right. They 
Abraham is, you know, actually their their father, but they they didn't come forth from the devil. So what is the difference here? You know, why was Satan their father? And we see the key here is the, the, the desires of your father you want to do. That's the key there, all right? The reason the devil is your father is because you're following him, all right? If you were of your father to Abraham, of Abraham, you'd have the same mind as him. You'd be rejoicing just like Abraham would. If your father was God or you really were serving God, you would accept me, but you don't, all right? So you're really not following him. You are a liar, all right, because you're not actually doing what you claim, or at least don't have the same heart as those that you're claiming to follow. John 8 and verse 42, it says, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. If God were your father, you would love me. All right. So let's think, think about that in our own lives. All right. And see the, the implications there. If we're serving, you know, our flesh, going back to uh, Ephesians 2, our flesh, our desires of the mind. If we're doing those things which are, are against God, who is our father? Who is our ruler, you might say? Sin, Satan, okay? Father, the devil, all right? And if you're serving God, right, you accept Jesus, Jesus is saying, well, you're claiming that he was, God is your father, but if he's really your father, you would love me. So if you accept Jesus, you accept God. God's your father. If you deny Jesus, you deny God. Jesus talks about this. We see that those two are related. You can't accept one and deny the other. All right? So God is your father if you love Jesus. And again, the desires indicated who their father was. Paul talks about this same idea. This is not some isolated concept that... And it's interesting that the Jews were so dependent on uh, following lineages, genealogies, saying, oh, this guy's my father. Oh, I'm a Levite. Oh, you know, I'm from Aaron or whoever it may be. I'm out of Judah. I can trace my lineage back to David or whatever it may be. And those things are important, all right? But notice Romans 4 and verse 11 through 12. It says, and he received the sign. This is Abraham, talking about Abraham. He received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. We looked at Galatians 2 today. There are a lot of Jews still had issues with this. All right, We can see why this could be a problem. And, and what Paul is saying, and he's, he's making the difference between the law and faith. And he's pointing to the father of the Jews, Abraham. All right, That he was already righteous before circumcision. All right? He was already considered righteous, that he might be the father 
of all those who believe. Not just the Jew, but also the, the Gentile. All right? The father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, that being the Jews, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had. So, again, the Jews were, had, the devil was the Jews' father because they were, had the same desires. They had the same mindset. Uh, th- those that have the same faith that Abraham had, guess what? Abraham's the father of them. Not physically, okay, but again, they have the same desires, they have the same type of faith, all right? And so this promise is still to to anyone uh, who believes, all right? And you know it's interesting. I like to look at look at this first in regards to these different types of faith. You know, what is the faith that saves? You know, what is that type of faith that we really need to have? It's the faith that Abraham had, all right? Not the, the faith of, of Satan, not the faith of those Jews who would not confess Christ because they loved the praises of men. It's those that had the same type of faith that Abraham. And if you have that same type of faith, he is your father, all right? You're going to receive uh, those promises uh, that, that God has, had, that has extended to those that will believe in him. So, in conclusion, in regards to this question about does Satan actually rule the world or can Satan really have given Jesus the kingdoms of the world? Not really. Not legitimately. But, you know, you, you think about, well, if, if Jesus did accept Satan's offer there, if he... Uh, you know, if he gave in to that temptation, could Satan have helped him kind of grow in popularity, gain some control over these different kingdoms? Sure. I mean, he, he, he's influenced men his whole life, uh, or, you know, to, since the beginning of time. And so, could he have helped in some way? Could they have teamed up and, you know, maybe got something going? Probably, possibly, I don't really know. But what we do know is Satan didn't actually, does not actually have rule over the world. That is just for God alone. But, you know, and again, going back to the beginning of the lesson, it depends on the point of view. He does have rule over the world in the sense that he, he, rule, he can rule over men's minds, all right? People follow him. The majority of the world follows Satan, all right? And in that sense, he does have power over the world, over the kingdoms of men. So again, what what Satan told Jesus was partially true. There's these half-truths. Well, you know, in a sense, yeah, what he said was right. Just like what Satan told Adam and Eve. You know, you'll, you'll eat this, you'll become like God's, knowing right and wrong. Well, did they get to know what right and wrong was? Yeah. But it wasn't to the degree uh, as Adam and Eve were thinking. All right, he he gave them some truth, but didn't give them the full picture. There was some lying involved in this. All right, and so what Satan told Jesus was partially true, but again, it's you have to read in between the lines with what Satan was trying to say here, and really what uh, Satan was trying to get him to do. And so finally, I want to look at for a few minutes of what can Satan do for you. All right. 
Satan was pulling out all the stops. He was, man, he was saying, he, I mean, he went from saying, hey, just make these stones bread till I'll give you all of this, all right, if you just worship me. And so if you follow Satan, you follow the course of the world, there's going to be some benefits for you. He can give you an easy life, all right? And I contrast uh, that life with what is uh, promised for Christians here, all right? In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12, it says, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you follow Christ, this is guaranteed for you. But if you follow Satan, you just live, do whatever you want to do. It's going to be a pretty carefree life for you. You might face a little bit of hardship, but, I mean, you're, we see that, the contrast between, for example, Paul and those in Laodicea in Revelations 3 and verse 17. It's a big contrast there. You have one getting beat down, and we have some that are just living a pretty good life. It's a pretty easy life, all right? And so if you don't want any type of confrontation, you just kind of want to go through life, um, not, you know, cause a big fuss over anything, Satan can help you out with that. If you follow him, he can, he can help you with that. First Peter 4 and verse 4, uh, it says, In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. This is, again, in context, talking about Christians. All right? And so the majority of the world, they're going to be running a certain way, and you can follow along with them. All right, you can. They're not going to think strange of you. Um, you're not going to be. You're not going to be suffering from this peer pressure uh, like you might. For example, if you were Peter in Galatians chapter two, you just follow right along. There's no pressure here. You want to do this? Sure, I'll do it. All right. And again, in Revelation three and verse seventeen, um, you know, if you're, you know, you think about it regards to this wealth and riches. You know, if you want to. Lie, cheat, and steal, and you're okay with that, it makes getting rich, especially in this country, it makes getting rich a whole lot easier if you're willing to be a little crooked. Slide a little bit of money up under the table, and people will give you favors and all that good stuff, all right? Watch what happens in Washington, D.C. That stuff happens all the time. And so getting getting rich, getting more power, um, you know, if, you're, if you don't have any type of moral standard, if you're just going along to get along, breaking the law a little bit uh, in 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 the in the in the process, you can have a lot of riches. You can be wealthy, all right. But you have all of these things, but it's going to come at a cost, all right. So what is it going to cost you? It's going to cost you everything, all right. You remember what Thanos said at the end? He accomplished his his what he wants. Y'all remember that Marvel, that movie, all right, The Avengers. What did it cost you? Everything. He got what he wanted, but it was just a lot. He had he it it cost him a lot to get his will, what he wanted done. In Luke sixteen and verse twenty four through twenty six says, Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. 
And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Y'all know the story, Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man, he had it made on this earth, all right? Lazarus had a hard life. But when they died, the roles were basically switched. Now the rich man is being tormented. Lazarus is is having these good things. He's living in par- he's in paradise. All right, and we see here the torment that he just wants a just a little bit of water. Just dip the tip of his finger in water just to cool my tongue. You think about that for a minute. That just a millisecond of relief. It was all that he wanted, all right? But it couldn't happen, all right? And if you read on that story, you know that he still remembers his brothers. And there's nothing he can do for them at this time. He still has his thoughts saying, they don't need to come here, all right? So he has those, that, you know, that torment in his mind, but also this torment in this flame. All right, so if you want a good life now, you can have it. But for eternity, you're going to be just like the rich man. You're going to be suffering and flame. So really, it's our choice. Who do we want to be ruled by? Do we want to be ruled by God? Do we want to be ruled by Satan? Paul talks about this in Romans 6, all right? Going to be ruled by one or the other. You're either going to submit to sin or you're going to submit to God. There's no choice in this life, all right? But it's, you're going to have consequences for your choices, all right? You submit to sin now, this is what's going to wait you. You submit to God now, you know, suffer persecution here, but compare that to eternity, it's not even, I mean, it's not even a comparison there, all right? So which one are you going to choose? And so, uh, you know, again, we all have a choice, all right? And uh, if there's one here today, uh, that needs to make that choice to serve God. We certainly love to uh, talk to you about those things, get that, you know, help in any way that we can. And also, if you are a Christian and you might have gone back to the ways of sin, uh, you might have gone back to the ways of the world that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, you can repent, all right? Change your ways and God's going to forgive you. And so if you need to do that, you need to confess sins, you need to, uh, the prayers of the saints for whatever reason, please come now as we stand and as we sing. Yeah.